edition of the show. It's episode 308, May 18th, 2022, and I'm joined once again uh, by Kyle Klingman up in Cedar Crest, Iowa. Um, Kyle, are you excited about today's guest? I'm excited about this just because, I mean, tons of reasons. I followed him close when I was kind of getting interested in wrestling. And if you want an entertaining brand of wrestling, not only did he have it on the mat, but he's bringing it to Valiant Prep. So tons of reasons that I'm excited about having Eric Larkin on the program today. Yeah, same as you. Um, let's bring him on. Eric Larkin is a four-time, four-time NCAA All-American at Arizona State. National champ, Hodge Trophy winner. Now, as you said, the current um, head coach up at Valiant Prep. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Um, I, I do want to get into Valiant Prep, but I kind of want to. I want to hear your story a little bit. How you got into wrestling? How you're introduced to it? What you liked about it? If you were good immediately, or if that took a while? I know that was like five questions, but so uh, yeah, uh, my family, uh, my dad, my uncles, my cousins—they all wrestled, uh, and I wanted to play soccer, so I was playing soccer, and I just kept kind of pushing it off and seventh grade came and all my buddies wanted to wrestle. So I'm like, all right, Hey, I'm going to wrestle immediately. I had success. I, I think I lost like one or two matches, um, my seventh grade year. And then my next year I went to uh cadet, uh, nationals and I took third in both styles. So my second year of wrestling, I was already <laughs> doing pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I, I got involved because of my family. Um, the high school I went to Sunnyside where Bravo went, yeah. um, my whole family went there. So just a long tradition of wrestling and um, a lot of great uh, wrestlers came out of there. Did your, did your family before you have success and were you wrestling at home without actually being on a wrestling team? Yeah, I wrestled in the living room, in the living room with my brother quite a bit, uh, just messing around. Uh, my uncle Dan, my dad's brother, wrestled at the U of A before they cut the program. He actually wrestled Dan Gable in a dual meet, um, the story is he got a takedown and then Gable got on top and pinned him pretty quickly. But yeah, so that uh, there was there was some success there, absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't know when did it go from wow I'm pretty good at this to like okay I'm a, at some point you went all in whether that was in junior high high school or or college I assume right. Yeah, immediately. Once I <laughs> once I started wrestling, I just I put my heart into it. And that's all I wanted to do. Uh, I was up before everyone in the morning, and this is my first year of wrestling. Not really uh, knowing what I needed to do to be successful, but I just I know I needed to get up, run, lift, push ups, all that kind of stuff. So I was I was in day one. Um, I was already writing in notebooks like how my day was going. Uh, what made me feel good, what made me feel bad, what I needed to work on. Yeah, I was pretty uh, pretty into it right off the bat. This idea of taking a notebook and, like, had somebody introduced this concept to you or did you, was it just all you? And, and the fact that you're writing down, like, what you're thinking and how different things are making you feel, that seems like beyond a middle school kid. Or maybe I was just behind. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure someone mentioned it, probably my dad. Uh, he was showing me stuff from when he was wrestling. He'd write down like how he did at a tournament. And I think I just took it a step further um, and I started writing down what my workouts were every day, um, how I felt after practice, what I, I would even write down. It's funny. I go back and look at it. I'd write down stuff that I ate that day that 
made me feel better when, during my workouts. Um, I probably picked it up somewhere, but yeah, I did it all the way up through high school. I kind of started getting away from it in college, um, but I did it my whole uh, beginning of, of wrestling. That's so, that's so meticulous. Um, yeah. And, and Kyle had mentioned your style, right? It's like, it's fun. It's, 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 it's an entertaining style. How, you know, did you develop that on your own? Did you, were you influenced by different people you watched on VHS or in the community? Uh, just our room, the sunny side. I mean, my freshman year, I, I, heard, I had already won a, a cadet national title and I didn't even make the team uh, at Sunnyside. <laughs> we had a guy that beat me out for the spot. Uh, he was a senior, um, uh, 103 pounder. Uh, just my workout partners. I mean, I got beat up every day until my junior year in high school and I was already competing on that national uh there's just so many different uh partners in there that wrestled different so i just picked stuff from everybody my coaches were great uh, i had uh, richard sanchez uh yeah. up one of my first couple of years in junior high I'd go from the junior high practice to the high school practice so i'd have five hours of practice through junior high and then when high school started uh robert deberry um uh, was my coach through high school and towards the end of my career i wrestled with him quite a bit because uh, I was beating up on everyone else, so I'd have to get beat up by him. Uh, did you know much about college wrestling when you were in high school, or at what point did did you think, you know, man, yeah, I, I'm going to do this after high school? I, I did. Uh, I remember watching it on TV, uh, like the national championships. And to be honest, when I when I watched them, I didn't think I was that good. I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. But I went, ended up going, I think it was my junior year i went to what i think they consider u20 now uh it was esquire nationals yeah and i beat a couple college kids and placed in that tournament i'm like hey i can compete here uh and then that's kind of when i started thinking i can wrestle in college when does it go from i can wrestle into college to like i can be a freshman all, a four-time all-american a national champ like i think i can do a hodge right i think i can do the greatest things um <laughs> Is, is that a progression every year? Yeah, so funny story. Uh, signed with ASU, went to ASU, uh, entered the Sunkiss International Tournament uh, and wrestled, I think the weight class was 132 and a half. I don't know what the kilos were then. And uh, I wrestled the number two ranked guy in NCAA. I think he was a junior or senior, Stan Green from Fresno State. Mm -hmm. um, and I teched him in the first period and Leroy Smith runs, I was going to red shirt or runs across the gym. He's like, we're pulling your red shirt. You're wrestling this year. And I, and I cut a lot of weight to make 132. So I ended up com competing my true freshman year. And then that's when I started knocking off a lot of the better guys and ended up fourth in the NCAA tournament. Um, so that's when I, I, I think that sun kiss term was like, Hey, I can do this. I could even make a run this freshman year for a national title. And then I believe of course, every year I wanted to win one, but it didn't happen four, three, two, one. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got, let's just jump ahead to like senior year before, you know, fourth as a freshman is like, holy crap, that's good enough to win it or good enough to win it next year. Right. Or he could be a three timer. Yeah. And all of a sudden you, uh -huh. it comes the Saturday night and you, you're senior and you still haven't won one. Right. Saturday night at the NCAAs. What do you remember from, was there like nerves? Was it, I, it has to happen. Was there any so, uh, fear so, that it wouldn't? 
Yeah, so exactly. I was telling myself this has to happen. In the semifinals, I was wrestling at Oklahoma State, uh, Gerard Sanders. And I popped my LCL in the first scramble, and it popped, and I thought I wasn't even going to finish the match. I kind of hit it, got through the match. Um, that next morning, I could barely walk, so I didn't even know if I was going to wrestle in the finals. And uh, I actually got help to get to the weigh-ins so I could weigh in and try to hide my limp that I had. Um, I was actually – I was planning on just wrestling with a big brace, and I couldn't even drill in the warm-up with Townsend Saunders. So I'm like, I got to do, so I got, I need something. So I got a Tordal shot, uh, maybe an hour and a half before that match. And then I was able to take off the brace and compete. And I, it was more of a relief, uh, winning the finals, getting through that, that last 24 hours of not thinking I was even going to compete and fall short again. But yeah, just more like relief when I got it done. Holy crap. You tore your LCL, like in the, in the semis, I think you said, right. So it's Friday night's like. I don't know. Was it just dark, like you know, emotionally and? What, yeah, but okay? I just kept. I just kept thinking I was going to find a way, and I was hoping my adrenaline was going to push me through. But when I couldn't drill a couple hours out from actually stepping on the mat, I was like, I got to do something, or I'm I'm just going to go out there. Either I'm going to step out there and get rolled up, or I'm going to have to forfeit. And luckily, I was able to get that done. <laughs> Freaking awesome! Could I? Can I ask yeah. a follow up? <laughs> Just because o- over the course of doing interviews, I've heard that before where someone goes into the finals injured and they say, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wrestle. Yet, to my recollection, I don't ever remember a forfeit happening where that's actually happened. Like, what puts you over the top to say that it's worth it to be able to do this regardless of injury? Because there's always a chance, right? I could have went out there and caught him on his back in a weird position and pinned him. That, that's the only way I thought I was going to win. But when I told my coaches, hey, I can't even drill, they went and got to talk to the doctors and I was and uh, got that shot. And they didn't even know if it was going to work, but it completely took my pain away and I could bend my knee and I was able to wrestle. Yeah, going to forfeit. But I just didn't want to go out there and get embarrassed either. But thank God it happened the way it did. Yeah. Good to see <laughs> you, man. Kudos to you. Yeah. Um, and I know we, we were chatting about this earlier, but real pro wrestling. Um, yeah. what, do you, what do you remember about that experience? You're, I know you lost, and I'm, but it, you, your, your match against Doug Schwab was lights out. It was like 10-8 or something, and it was back and forth. It was, it was amazing. It was the final, so you had, I think, won a couple matches. Yeah. Uh, we, I think it was an eight-man bracket. I wrestled uh, Jesse Jansen first round. And then I had Tony Davis the second round and then Schwab. I just remembered watching Schwab. I, I kind of figured I'd have Schwab. He was always in shape and always had a gas tank. Yeah. I don't know how much training everyone else in our bracket was doing at the time. Uh, but I just remembered him wrestling Freyer first match and him coming off just being like de- dead. Uh, and so I knew if I had Schwab in the finals, I was going to have to put some big points up and hopefully hold on to a lead. But he never <laughs> stops. He never stops going. So, uh, yeah, that was a, a pretty cool event. I wish they could have kept something like that going. Uh, but what it is. Yeah, uh, that I think it was 10 to 8 that match in the finals of Schwab. I think I you think just said. So. Yeah, I, I think I started off the match th- uh, getting like a little uh, a trip to his back and going up a little bit, I was, I was, I was hoping I could get up by like five to eight points and then just kind of 
through the match because I wasn't in the best shape. But yeah, I mean it's Schwab, so I wasn't able to stop him. <laughs> you knew, you knew that was the game plan. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's like transition into today and Valiant Prep, um, what you're doing there, the the idea behind it. Kind of give us the whole, explain the whole thing to us. So I was coaching at a high school, Seton Catholic in Chandler, Arizona. I wanted to start a program for my boys. I have five boys and I wanted to develop a program where they could go through and I knew they'd be successful and kind of build a model like what we have with Valiant now, just a lot of traveling, hitting the big tournaments. And before I uh, took the position at the high school, um, this was a couple, maybe two, three years after I stopped coaching at ASU. Uh, I knew I wanted to spend more time with my boys. I didn't want to keep traveling on the college scene and be gone all the time. Uh, so I sat down with the AD and told him I wanted to uh, become a national prep team and have a little bit more flexibility uh, with our travel schedule. Because at the time, um, I think the rule in Arizona, you could travel outside uh, the state twice uh, to compete but, uh, outside of your own tournaments and duels. And I didn't want to do that. I said, uh, let me become a national prep team. Let me go to some more tournaments, get some more national exposure. So they told me, prove yourself. We'll revisit it and we'll do it. We'll sit down with the Catholic diocese and get it done. I'm like, okay. So I took the position. Uh, I think year three, we took second at state. We had five ranked guys uh, on flow. Um, uh, and I sat down with them and they said no. Um, so I, uh, they were moved. So there's, there was five division, at, uh, four or five divisions at the time here in Arizona. And I had gradually moved wrestling up to the highest division. You have to do it in one or two year increments. You have to petition each year. So we were four, we were two, we were going to be one with the big schools like Sunnyside and be able to compete with them for a state championship. Well, that year, uh, the school decided to go back down to the lowest division and all sports had to do it. So that means I had to wrestle all these schools where we had a lot of buys and forfeits because you're traveling to all these small towns and you're in a bus and you're driving to, I did not want to go back through that again. So I resigned from there. Uh, about a year later, my son was going to be a freshman in high school. Uh, I went to a buddy of mine uh, who's a principal of the school now and I said, Hey, I want to start my own school. I said, what do you, what do you think about doing that? He goes, I actually, uh, my part-time job, besides being a principal is getting schools accredited. And I'm like, do you think we can do this? And he's like, sure. So uh, me and a couple of guys, Mike Douglas, um, uh, Eric Pollock at the time, we sat down, just kind of started mapping. And I was like two years of kind of mapping it out and trying to navigate what we needed to do. And um, now we're on our fourth school year. So we have two accreditations, uh, one with WASC and then one with Cognia. Uh, and we're put every kid that's graduated from here has went on a full ride scholarship either uh with an academic athletic blend wow so yeah. how big is it's a it's a prep school is it is it uh a high school with the prep school like the the high school we, plus a year how many students are there so uh the first year we started with 19 then we went wow. to 27 then 52 and we outgrew the strip mall building we had and we with a lot of help from uh different different people we were able to purchase a 37,000 square foot building 11 classrooms full gym cafeteria a rural school 
Um, and uh, we just got our wrestling room uh, finished up, got our new mats in it. Uh, and we're at 75 students now. We'll be around 100 next year. Okay. Everyone here wrestles except for a handful of kids. That's what I was getting at. You do. You don't have to wrestle. You you don't know. We we have so we have a lot of siblings here. So uh, some of the, the the siblings will wrestle, and the other ones will they'll leave after school's over and go play soccer or whatever other sport they they want to play. But it is a school designed for wrestling. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is amazing i've never heard yeah. of it kyle have you ever heard of anything like this not till the not till valiant prep yeah uh, and is, there's yeah. there's other schools yeah. out there but a, a lot of them are, are online and they, they set their own schedules we actually do direct instructions we have eight teachers um actually we worked out a pretty good deal with uh uh Teachers, uh, people that are trying to be teachers uh, going through their degree at ASU, so they have to give time uh, at schools to teach. So we we had like 15 teachers last year, two teachers per classroom with 10 students. Wow. So like our, if you compare our test scores with others, like we blow everyone out of the water just because we, our classes are so small and we have such a good group of core teachers um, that are helping these other teachers um, learn how to teach. And yeah, it's, it's going really well. So from, I don't know if you said 15 or 27 students at first, maybe even nine. I don't know what you said. 19, 19. 19. And I assume all or most of them wrestled. How has the, the structure of wrestling and how you, I guess, structure your program changed? Because if it's 19 kids, it might be one whistle. Everybody's in the same room. Okay. If it's a hundred, there's a lot of different levels of skill and, how many Correct. coaches do you have and how do you how do you break things up well angel Sahudo is the head coach he's the mastermind behind all the the technique and skill that uh we develop um and as we've grown yeah at first we were all in the same room but we still have we have our elite wrestlers we have our our almost there wrestlers and then we have our beginners right we our our practice right now we're able to break it up into uh certain groups uh we had forrest molinari uh as our girls coach this year uh so she would take the girls um then we had two middle school coaches and then uh angel would run the elite group and then i jump in wherever i can and then now angel's kind of doing that he's kind of bouncing back from group to group but next year um we're kind of trying to map that out right now um how we're gonna do it we we might have uh one of the periods during the day, uh, like the last hour where we just have, let's just call it the middle school group. It'll kind of overlap into that next practice time. And then um, uh, that third group a little bit longer. It might be a little bit longer. Uh, but as, as we grow, we, we're starting to pick up more coaches. Um, and we'll just, we'll fit it into our schedule. We got to sit down with the teachers and, uh, the principal and map out a schedule to where we might have two practices or three practices a day, but our day will be longer. So that's the plan right now. We just, we're, we're in the process of building our weight room. So that'll be a class throughout the day as well. Uh, we had, when we were at the strip mall, um, two years ago, we were in the same parking lot as LA fitness and we worked out a, um, a pretty cool, uh, plan where we can go there and train through the day. The kids could shower there, then run them over. It was working out well. Now we have to build a weight room and we're in the process of doing that now. 
<laughs> this whole thing's awesome. We're teachers are <laughs> planning their day, scheduling the day around wrestling practice, and like you're you're getting all the 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 things you need and all the the education, all the courses, but like it's based oh, yeah. around wrestling. That's pretty pretty sweet. Yep. And you um having a lot of success, right? Tell tell me about some of the um, high points for you. Yeah, uh, I mean, year one, uh, we learned a lot. We started traveling, hit like the Super 32 tournament. I think we won some matches. It, what's fun about our coaching staff is we don't put a whole – I mean, obviously we want to win, right? Yeah. But it's, it's developing and having the kids ready to go junior, senior year on their way to college. So we, we really ask a lot out of our families and parents because a lot of kids come to us that are really good at a young age. but we don't we're not really putting a lot of emphasis on winning at, at the younger age we just want we we really focus a lot on developing that's angel's whole thing like let's just develop them bring them along slowly and then we'll start winning and it, it took a little bit at first to get the kids to really see that and believe in it like hey we don't just need to go get our hand raised and come home with an eagle let's take our time and then we'll get there so it's working i mean it, we're uh, Angel was with a group of kids that came over for a few years prior. Like he was working with that Eloy group a, a year or two prior to uh, them coming over, maybe three years. We had a group from Thoroughbred, um, like Mesa, Castillo, my boys. Um, and we just knew we needed to get them all together, even if they were same weights, because that, that's how you get better, right? Better partners. So we're trying to get it like a, like a college room where you have two, three deep in each weight class and you're training together, you have the same goals, um, and then everyone's successful in the end. Uh, our, our, our first goal was to, to get some Fargo champs. We did that. And then the biggest goal um, was getting some kids on the world team, and we were able to do that this year. We got two. Hopefully we'll get a couple more in the U-20s here in a few weeks and just keep plugging along. I guess our next goal is get some gold medals at the world championships. Yeah. What's, you know, and that was kind of my question. What's the next goal? But um, in terms of, right, it is to win, win gold medals, but in terms of a, a bigger vision, like how big would you like, could you, or would you like to grow Valiant Prep? Is it something that is replicatable by you or maybe you helping others understand the process? Yes, very much so. We would, I mean, that's big vision. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of valiants throughout the country. Not necessarily you have to call them valiant. So our our accreditation umbrella covers the whole country. So we could be one big school district across the country with their own names and they're all, all under our umbrella. And they could start within a year uh, because they already have the accreditation. They just have to follow the process, follow um, what the, those accrediting bodies uh, their criteria that just check, check the boxes. Right. Um, and then we could realistically have our own league and do away with these state associations. I know it sounds crazy, but, um, then, then you kind of, you get to it's an independent schedule. You get to kind of do what you want and pick the tournaments you want to go to compete when you want to. Um, I think it's just a better model. Um, and hopefully we can get, down the road and that's what's going on is is it a tuition-based school it is yeah okay tuition-based school junior high uh pays a certain amount and then the high school uh a, a little bit uh more expensive 
Okay, cool. Um, well, I know I'm looking forward to coming out and, and, and checking out the place. I'll be out there probably in July. Um, awesome. And Kyle's hanging out over here, quiet as can be, <laughs> but I know he's got a couple things to ask you. Do it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's our, our questions called Sweat It Out, but I just need to know, do you talk about wrestling being part of the lesson plan? Because we always talk about wrestling being such a, a great teacher. Do you reinforce that at, at Valiant Prep? Uh, we do. I think just like every other coach, um, uh, our teachers put that into their lesson plans. Uh, I think that's kind of what you're asking. But I mean, when we we sit with the kids every day before practice, we, we talk about uh, life lessons and stuff like that. We also have a mindset Mike uh, who meets with our kids every Wednesday, which is today. And he he kind of uh, fits that all together. Um with with life and wrestling and school and um yeah we, we we don't do it in the classroom but we do it everywhere else i guess all right so this is your pop quiz at valiant prep i have five questions we're hoping to make <laughs> oh, great sweat. are you ready to play all right let's do it all right number one uh of course you placed four three two one at the d1 tournament name the other wrestler who also plays four three two one? Shanshuri Abe, unless I'm saying yep. that wrong. Penn State. That's San Sanshiro Abe. Yeah. Abe. Yeah. That counts, Abe. right? Yeah. That counts. Yeah. That counts. Right. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> it counts. Uh, number two, who did you face in your first ever NCAA tournament match? Nate Parker from Penn State. Yep. Am I right? Who? Yep. Ooh, he eventually it, transferred to Oklahoma. Plays yep. fifth and is now an actor in Hollywood. I, I was going to say so, on to like yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, Hollywood. Good. I don't know how. Uh, I got that what <laughs> what former Arizona State wrestler was on the show American Gladiators? Aaron Simpson. Yep, you got it. Great Number buddy four, of mine. Only three wrestlers with the last name Bader have qualified for the Division One NCAA Championships. Name one. Mark Bader, Ryan Bader, Ryan Bader, Ryan Bader. Oh. Ryan Bader. Who are the other two? <laughs> yeah. The other Who, yeah, two the are H.J. Uh, Bader of Franklin and Marshall in 1933 and Robert Bader of Kent State in 1942. Where do oh, you wow. come up with this, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. How did you get that? Where'd you? When it comes to Bader, I, I stop at nothing to find out. <laughs> That's oh wrong. My gosh. <laughs> Has there been a Klingman? No, there hasn't been. Are you sure? Not even close. Yeah, positive. Yeah. Not even close. Okay. All yeah. right. And Whatever. number five, uh, this you could get perfect here. What Cincinnati Reds baseball player was National League MVP in 1995 and had his number 11 jersey retired by the organization? <sighs> the only one I, I mean, Pete Rose, but it isn't that. I don't have any idea. I don't play. I don't watch baseball. Okay. It was uh, Barry Larkin. <laughs> what? Wow. Barry, Barry oh, Larkin. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> okay. That one makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle, you're you're sneaky you guy. almost gave me a perfect score. All right. Sneaky, almost. sneaky guy. Awesome. Um, well, Eric, this has been a lot of fun, man. It's been cool to hear your story and, and really the whole what you're doing, Valiant Prep and how you got it going and how it's grown and the success success 
you guys have had is awesome. Uh, we're going to leave you with the final word or anything you might want to say. Uh, well, uh, thank you guys. I appreciate uh, you having me on. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to come out and do a story on uh, something I'm very passionate about and, and that Eloy group. Uh, to be honest, I, I feel like I, I was at an event last night, uh, a Beat the Streets event. They're trying to uh, kick one off here in Arizona. I feel like uh, that's pretty much what Valiant is, is Beat the Streets. We're, we help a, a lot of kids. We, we raise the money through uh, uh, corporate donations, and we're able to sponsor a lot of kids and scholarship them uh, because they're low-income families. And uh, hopefully we get a lot more people jump on board and help us out. And uh, we get to keep sending these kids out. I mean, when we got some of these kids, they never even been on a plane before. Um, and we're getting them all over the country and, and all over the world. Um, so I just hope everyone sees that vision and we get more people to jump on board and help us out. Man, that's incredible. That really, that, that's super awesome. Um, that's fantastic thing you're doing. So I'm sure the kids appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. We will see you soon. Thanks so much. Have a great time. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. See you, Eric. Later. All right, Kyle. Man, that, that's a really sweet thing that they got going on out there. Freaking awesome. It is, man. It's, it's almost hard to wrap your mind around how they've conceptualized this and then implemented it. But I'm glad you're going to go out there and do something with it because that's a, that's a unique story right there. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do the dang thing. We're gonna check it out. So, uh, but that's gonna do it for today's show. For Kyle Klingman, uh, I'm Mark Bader, and Tyler Burnett is our producer. He's the man. Thanks, y'all. See ya.